Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Krista. Hi, Catherine. How are you today? I'm awesome. Awesome. I love that. That's yes. beautiful. Thanks for sharing How about that. You? Um, I'm great today, actually. <laughs> okay, awesome with a awesome? hesitant great. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't hesitant. I was trying okay. to find the right word. Okay. Like close to awesome. Good. Anyway, uh, feeling fabulous. Really enjoying the day and love spending time with you. So this is yep. fun. Hi, crowd. How have you been? We hope good. We hope good. We hope you're all starting your new year with a bang or not a bang or something. <laughs> Unless I you're getting know. banged, then yeah. we fully oh. support that. <laughs> I love how Krista just right, – right there. She's right there. I love it. Um, so we're going to go back a couple of weeks to uh, something Krista referenced before Christmas. What could you possibly be talking what about, What could I Catherine? be talking about? And um, we're going to go – I'm going to read something to you, and we're going to see where Krista is today. On episode 25 – this was part of the summary. Speaking of mystery men, through her own exploration of letting go, Krista reconnects with an important man from her past. Having done his his own work, he arrives on the scene, available and ready to commit. Will she be able to let go of her past hurts and judgments? <laughs> what will happen? Stay tuned. Okay, so that's us today. We have stayed tuned, and now it's Krista's turn to answer those questions. What on earth happened oh, at your Christmas, Krista? Jeez. Well, I mean, that day when we did that episode, things were so fresh and so new, and I was just like a deer in headlights. Like, I don't even know what to talk about, and yet it was really present in my life. And so <clears throat> I wasn't at that time ready to go into detail. Now I'm barely ready to go into detail, but I'm going to go into it. So... um, would you like to reveal the new identity of our mystery? <sighs> Fuck. So <laughs> apparently not. Re, I, yeah. Rico Chris is currently Suave. ripping her clothes off. She's <laughs> so uncomfortable everywhere. <gasps> Scratching her hand. Okay. So I have decided to rename Rico Suave to better reflect the new iteration of consciousness. Yeah, of consciousness. the new conscious more conscious version of him. So I'm going with golden eyes because when I look at his eyes, I just see these sparkly golden eyes. So so that's exciting. So that, um, I'm sure for plenty of our listeners, there have been moments when they have gone through relationships that have ended mm -hmm. and maybe not so easily. And maybe there have been some big challenges and possibly betrayals. Yes. And there's always the question of, do you go back? Do you reconnect? Do you find your way back? And you have and how been- to know when it's over. I think that's a big question for a lot of people is like, how do you really know when a relationship is over, done, complete? Fine. And how do you know if it's safe to go back? Right. And and what skills and tools are you using? Because that's what we're going to talk about today. So mm -hmm. Krista has brought back to the surface a human being whose name I believe is Golden Eyes. <laughs> Golden Eyes. Golden Eyes. Okay. So we've got Golden Eyes, but his consciousness is so different from who he was being earlier in his wounded or, say, less healed space mm -hmm. with Krista, who was also in her wounded. more wounded and less healed space. So what they created together was 
We could probably fucking chaos. Uh, well, I was going to say a clusterfuck, but okay. either way, both work. They work. So now what we're going to hear from Krista today. Thank you, Krista, for bearing your soul. <laughs> What's up? What happened? And what are the challenges? Well, so sometimes things happen in life. So for Rico Suave, he had a big experience that happened in his life that really shook shook him up, shook him to the core, shook who he knew himself to be, kind of scrambled his DNA in a way. And um, through that experience... I've had an experience like that before where I kind of had a energetic kundalini experience and it was spontaneous and it changed. I woke up being a changed person. So I can only say that this experience for him seemed very similar and that you wake up one day and you're just not the person that you were the day before. And so that is really the only way in which I could have even gone back into a conversation with then Rico Suave. So what you're saying is your trust level was so low with him mm-hmm. because of all of the experiences of not him not following up on his keeping his word and mm-hmm. showing up for you in the ways that you'd asked him to. Mm-hmm. Your trust level was so low that you were done. Right. And we kind of all heard that. Yes. And then he had a life-changing experience, which is his to, sh- his to share or not share. Right. So we're not going to share that. But it wasn't necessarily that he had a kundalini experience or something that people can't relate to. Often these kinds of things will happen if um, a friend gets hurt or someone suddenly gets sick or Mm -hmm. um, something physical happens to you or or you get super scared. You get close to having something bad happen. So I'm just putting this in context because it wasn't something spiritual that happened to him. It was something physical that happened that created an experience. A spiritual experience. Right. Exactly. Great. And so – he was able to come to me from a completely different space. I would say in an awakened space for his true feelings for me and for us, which wow. he he always knew those feelings were there. That's what why it was such a cluster with the two of us, because when you really strongly love someone, it can be really scary. And I know both him and I did plenty of things to sabotage the yeah. relationship because – we cared so much. Isn't that funny? It is. It's the most bizarre thing because, you know, with with one of the people I was dating recently, it's like I wouldn't have been upset if they would have done the things that Rico Suave did to me because I didn't have that level of love and passion and caring for them. I mean, I cared for them, but sure. not to that level. So I'm just – I'm still in the process of understanding that – when you love someone so strongly, it can create a lot of chaos. Right. And I, I want to love somebody that much. I want to be in partnership where I love yeah. someone that much. So what do I need to learn in order to hold space for that massive amount of love mm-hmm. and not run scared every five seconds? And him as well. Like he, both we, of you. We yeah. both have the same patterns. And I do have to say like – Everybody here in podcast land has gotten to hear my side of the story for six months, right? Right. (laughs) They have not been able to hear his story, and his story is his story, and it doesn't doesn't sound anything like my story. Probably not. Probably not. You know, there's many things where I say, oh, he lied or he did this, and he's like, no, I was actually telling you exactly how it is. You just could not hear me. So he has his version of his truth as well. But now we're coming back together – golden eyes and I, and we're having to really look at our past patterns. And if we're going to 
be in partnership together, which we have decided we're giving it a full on committed go. Like we are all in as much as we know how to be all in. We're both being all in. Okay. I need to stop you and bring our group, our, our crowd up to speed because there was something that had to happen for you to be able to re-enter in a new way. So it wasn't just that he came back in a new way, but when he came back in a new way, you had to come in in a new way to care for yourself in a different way. For sure. So tell, do you remember what that was or what Well, the first thing that I had to do was get really angry. I had to express a lot of bottled up anger. Mm. And I'm not saying like physically yelling and that type of thing, but I had to say, I'm really angry that you did this. You hurt me when you did this. And angry. And I, it took me like days to get through the list. And good for you. That's what great. I needed from him was not justifying it or not arguing about the things. I needed him to just say, I really hear that that hurt you. And I'm sorry that happened. Please forgive me. And he did it without me asking. Like he was in a space and his new awareness, his new consciousness, he was able to show up for me in that way. He wasn't able to do that before. Yeah. And I, and I wasn't able to do that for him probably either yeah, at that time. But we know he wasn't able to do it for you. Yeah. And so me having a voice this time, mm-hmm. because I was in a space of like, I'm no longer scared of losing you because I've already lost you. I'm not scared of us fucking it up. We've already fucked it up in so many ways. So this was me getting to say everything I felt with no attachment to the outcome. I wasn't considering taking him back. I wasn't necessarily wanting him back. I was actually really ashamed at at even the thought of having a conversation with him about us coming back because I was like, oh, my God, I've told everybody out there in podcast land that I'm done. This is over. And never mind your closest friends who are, come on, Krista. Really, Krista, you're (laughs) going to do this again? I mean, even now, like when I meet people, they're like, really? That's who you're going with? Like it's (laughs) Because they've heard the story and they've witnessed me and my highs and my lows, and no one wants to see me go through that pain again. And I don't want to go through that pain again. And – and I know I can, it's like a never say never thing, but I don't feel like I will ever get to that level of devastation anymore because, because I don't have the expectation of needing to, I don't need to grasp it and hold it so tight. So, Krista, would you say that he holds a very, very important part of your life, but not that you have to have him as the first what would you say? First place that you are connected to the universe? You know, like were you over connected to him in the first place well, and maybe letting go of some of your other? Definitely back in the summer, it was like grasping, so afraid to be a day away from him or like losing connection and just wanted to be around him all the time. And I like lost myself in that, in the enormity of the love we felt and the passion we felt and all of that. And it like, yeah. it, it, it swallowed both of us. Yeah. Yeah. And so this time the conversation is how do we honor how big that love is and not let it swallow us? And how do we, how do we feel safe in it? I love that part. I really want to focus on that part for a second. So the two things that you've said so far, they're really, really key for mm-hmm. me. And, and in some of my experiences with are you going to be able to reapproach someone that you have a betrayal with? This is a mm-hmm. big question. Lots of us grapple with this over and over in our lives. 
where did the betrayal come from? How did it get created? Those are all really good questions. And who am I today? And who are they being today? And and have we grown through something? There's no way to really protect yourself, as you said. So you Mm -hmm. have to go in with this new consciousness that says, I'm no longer needing this person. I don't need the outcome to be that I will be with you forever. Mm -hmm. So I am free to speak my truth, which is anger one day, love another day, Mm -hmm. you know, self-support, shame, shame, whatever it is. You're willing to go out on the limb to express yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And now that actually is your protection. Because I I really needed to feel safe in expressing myself, first and foremost, because what I found um, in the Rico Suave version of the relationship, I didn't feel safe to speak up and say what I needed because I always felt like it was getting turned around on me. It was. That was the way. That was the tactic that was being used. Yeah. Like, well, that's How is this about you? Yeah. And so in that, I just started becoming silent and more silent and more quiet. And then that- More scared. More scared. And then I completely lost power. And having some of the dating relationships that I've been able to have in between Rico Suave and Golden Eyes, I learned so much about myself and I really came back into my power. And one relationship in particular was so valuable to me in showing me how important I am, how smart I am, what a great partner I am, and in the ways in which I do show up for the people in my life. And that was something I'd forgotten about myself. And what you deserve in terms of someone showing up for you. Yes. Which you really got in that experience with that other Mm -hmm. person. He's amazing in reflecting that back to me. And so because I had that experience, moving toward golden eyes, I was like, I am no longer willing to accept anything less than that, than what I experienced with that man. It's really great the way Spirit just chucked that relationship in there for you to have that experience and really fully accept yourself. And I got to say that to Golden Eyes. I got to say, this is what I experienced with this other person. And I felt treasured and cherished and beautiful and valuable. And you were treated really well. Really well. And I have, like, that has to be the most basic level at which our relationship starts. I'm not willing to have anything less than that. Beautiful. And he was able to hear it. You know, the future still has to play out with it because we are also still changing very rapidly. And we still have a lot of healing to do because of the betrayal. And, um, you know, in hindsight, I can look at everything that happened and realize how much we both cleared, how many past patterns of lifetimes of bullshit that we were carrying, like literally just got smacked out of us in the last six months. So from a spiritual perspective, I can actually look at the woman he was with and be like, oh my God, thank you. What a fucking miracle worker you are that you were able to clear that much material out of us in such a quick amount of time. Like that's a big soul that has to come in and Yeah. And you had to also uh, take it on. Yeah, so, and I had to do that for her as well. Like right. we're all in this little thing together. So, right. but I wasn't. I was too hurt back in the middle of it to see it from that perspective. Sure, I was that trying to. Yeah, we had many podcasts about me trying to see it from that perspective and knowing that somehow it's serving me, but I wasn't quite there yet. You didn't have the feeling of gratitude and right and receptivity to that right. healing. Yeah. So now I can look back and go like, oh my god, I was able to really move through some big material for myself and come into this new relationship with him from a place that I don't think I've 
ever been in with any relationship I've ever it's beautiful. been in. That's beautiful. So, yeah. So so you guys embarked on this journey from a whole new place, which is, you know, it's kind of funny. We're giving him a new name. Should we give you a new name? <laughs> <laughs> Did I even have a name before? Well, we just call you Krista. I felt so like we're I was gonna... bubblegum on the bottom of a shoe before, so yeah, maybe yeah. I'm a bubble now floating. <laughs> well, it's just precious, and it's beautiful, and you're owning your own process, so we don't really need to rename you. But um, so from the standpoint of you being able to step into your back into your power when you release the need for the outcome to be, we're going to be forever together, mm-hmm. and your dependency on that, what had you replaced in your life? What else had you were you giving yourself that hadn't been there in the summer that mm-hmm. was bolstering you and lifting you into a place where you felt solid, safe, secure? Not just how another man treated you, but what was going on maybe with your relationship with spirit? Or were you deepening in some some aspect of... I mean, I, I really don't I know. I think, I mean, definitely my connection to spirit is unlike anything I've ever experienced. And my level of faith in that everything that's happening to me in my life is happening for me. I mean, yeah. I just keep hearing that. This is for me. This is for me. And so every, every time I surrender to that idea, mm. the better things are getting. Nice. So that's just a general letting go. Yeah. And letting your will become one with the spiritual will for you. Because when I let go of the relationship with him, and really when I let go, I was like, I n- never need to see him the rest of my life. At least that's what I felt That's like. what you thought, yeah. Yeah. That allowed for whatever needed to happen between the two of us to start unfolding in a new way. That's, that's my perspective on it right now. Sure. Like, if I would have still been grasping at him, the energy would still be of like from neediness and like needing him to complete me and to make me happy and everything. And when I stepped away from him and started dating someone else, I was in a place of, I want to have fun. I want to laugh a lot. I've been dancing. I played a lot of games. Like I made it a point to- Went away for the weekend. I went away for the weekend. Yeah. I made it a point to have just fun and be joyful and not get wrapped up in all the fucking drama. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I decided to live my life from that place, he was able to come back in. And that was my new standard. Because I got to say to him, like, look, I love all the spiritual work we're doing together. I love the meditations, the conversation, all that. And I need to go to the movies sometimes. And I need to, like, have a nice dinner. Have a nice dinner. I need to do some, like, real world stuff, go dancing, whatever. It can't all be floating up in the stars. Like if I'm going to be in relationship with someone, it has to have both components. And I think where we got into a little bit of trouble over the summer was it was so holy that we were floating and it just got really ungrounded. And I, I don't know, I couldn't find myself fully in that. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that Krista, that you and I talk about all the time and we love to offer to our beautiful listeners is this idea that you can be alive, fully, sexually, physically playing, dancing, eating, drinking, all of that, and actually live in a consciousness of what we would call heaven or openness where you're connected to the universe and connected to whatever your spiritual person, God-ish, but mm-hmm. beingness is. And so that in itself is a huge step for you is the first step is to connect yourself to the spiritual world. 
And um, from my Christian upbringing, I have to say the words that just came into my head, which is kind of funny, is you shall have no idols before God. Right. And if you think about this, and for our listeners, really think about this with relationships. Do you ever put your relationship to someone else and feeling the need to hold on to them before your relationship with yourself or your spiritual connection to the universe? Do you ever give yourself up? And if you do, really consider that's a heavy price to pay to have a relationship. Yeah. So you took that power back. Mm-hmm. You got inside yourself. You got very clear. You're like, I'm <laughs> pissed as shit. I'm not coming mm-hmm. back here until I express myself. Mm-hmm. And you got unattached to the outcome, and you started to reconnect. Yes. What happened next? Oh, my gosh. I mean, if somebody would have told me a month ago that my December month would have looked the way it did, I would have been like, Come on, give us fucking a- crazy. So the biggest thing – well, one of the bigger things was, obviously, I have three kids. And what I didn't know over the summer is that – that really scared him. The thought of like being so in relationship with someone that it meant she's got kids and she's in got home, a house. at home and, every day. Yeah. And which means he had to be really solid and, you know, not necessarily show up in a fatherly role, but be ready to be in these young people's lives. Right. And, and he has kids and they're great and they're, but they're in their twenties and they're not necessarily in the house anymore. So, that was kind of a big deal. And then, you know, I have a I have a beautiful house. And from the outside, it, it, it I don't know, it looks like something maybe a little, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not challenging, but hard to step into. It's like... For him. For him, it felt His like... His circumstances were sort of, in some egoistic kind of way, less... He perceived in the physical yeah, world. Yeah, he perceived his places less con- – exactly. And I think that was maybe bringing up some past shame from past relationships. So his stuff was being triggered in that. And he's now walked through the other side and realizing, like, fuck it. Like, I love you and it doesn't matter. And so we were able to – I can't believe this. We spent the holidays together. He spent the holidays with my kids, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. And it was magical. It was as if he had been there their whole life. And it happened so quickly because like two weeks before Christmas, even a week before Christmas, I was like, we are not, you're not meeting my kids yet. You're not going to spend holidays with me. And all of a sudden there he is. And it was, it was the best way I could have forced, like seen it unfolding. I don't think it could have gone any more smoothly. Yeah. And it wasn't just smooth. It was interesting and connected and and then he cooked for your kids, right? And, oh, my and gosh, had- for the whole family. Christmas Eve dinner. I mean, like, really, the first time you really meet everybody is Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean, that's those are some big shoes to step into. So not only was he stepping into the, my house, stepping into my bed, stepping in with my kids and my mother and friends, it was like – and then cooks a meal on top of it. It was huge. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah. And the thing that you can see from that is he could not have done that in the place of – Limit limits that he was in before in the summer when he was mm-hmm. holding himself back when he was feeling limited by your house your kids your this your that mm-hmm. he had so much disconnect with the universe that doesn't know anything about all these things right and the beautiful thing that you said I want to really poke at it a little bit is miracles happen instantly they return oh you to the field of consciousness that's what that's what a miracle is whatever it is that it takes to bridge you back into the field of consciousness so once you guys made that decision that you were uh, you haven't even said it out loud, so I'm going to let you say. What was the decision that you made that you felt like changed everything? 
You were both holding a little back. You were sitting on either side and kind of, okay. I think it's to be all in at the same time. And so for two people who have really had a lot of commitment issues in the past. We um, have touched on that. We have definitely (laughs) touched on that. So when you have two people who are commitment phobes and then they meet each other and they fall madly passionately in love, that looks really scary because then it's like, oh, my God, I've been wanting this relationship, but now all of a sudden it's here. It seems too scary. Let me just fuck it up. Yeah, and let, let me, me just, sabotage this. Yeah. Hmm. And so one of Betrayal. us would be really in and be like loving to the other. And so then when the other one would come back and be loving back, then the first one would be like, oh, no, now I have something to be mad about. And so we were like ping-ponging of like one was always in and the other would be on the outs. And so our – Probably our biggest conversation is, can we both be all in at the same time? And we both swallowed really hard and we're like, okay, we're going to both be in. And we're going to be – and not that we're like looking at to the future, like, oh, forever. But we are going into it from the perspective of, okay, this is our last time. This is our last rodeo. Like, let's do this. Yeah. And and the thing about making the future something is is all about – on some level, fear. Like, we have to plan this. We have to know what it's going to be. Right now, all you're deciding, all you guys are learning is you're developing your trust. You're developing how long can this last? Is it going to mm-hmm. go wobbly? So what's going to happen and what are we going to have to feel? Do we want this to last longer? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the truth is this is a really critical time for you to stay in your own space and him to stay in his. For sure. Because there's a great possibility something could go wrong here. Oh, yeah. We could relive the summer in an instant. It would just take like one little thing, right? And we're very conscious of that. And we're having to have a lot of conversations around like being honest with the other person of like, I feel really scared in this moment. And the other person, instead of being like, don't feel scared. You don't be scared. It's fine. Like being like, why are you scared? And then like letting the space be safe enough where the person can say, I'm afraid you're, I'm going to lose you. Or I'm afraid that if you go out of town like you did last time, that you're going to cheat on me. Or, you know, that's bringing up all of these fears. And in the past, I wouldn't have spoken out loud. Right. And it's like, can I feel safe enough to say, hey, that hurt my feelings? Or yeah. I'm not feeling cared for in this moment. Well, what I love about your specific connection to the universe is it just keeps giving you so many gifts and so many challenges. Mm -hmm. So right after you've had this amazing (laughs) Christmas where everything went beyond your wildest dreams, certainly manifesting very big things, what happens right on the heels of that (laughs) is that he leaves the country. He is gone out of the country for two weeks. Two weeks. And we made... What happened last time he left for two weeks? Yeah. He didn't come back mine. You know? Very quickly. Very quickly. And it only took a couple of days for that to happen. So it, it's not lost on me that his last go-away trip was two weeks. And this one is two, two weeks. weeks. I know. And I'm seeing actually the same pattern play out a little bit, meaning like the first two days he was gone, we were all connected and sending cute little emojis and notes and all of this stuff. And then day three rolls around and it's like a little bit like crickets, like, I don't know, like, just I could feel the separation happening a little bit. And it started really, like, triggering my shit. And I was like, even stupid things like, well, I sent three heart emojis and he only sent one. Does that mean, like, I'm giving myself too much? I mean, it's like stupid stuff inside of my head. And I, but I saw him kind of feeling the same way. And it 
it reminded me of the summer, which... So what did you do differently than the summer this time since you're reapproaching in this mm-hmm. new way with a new person, new consciousness, new choices? Yeah. What did you do differently? Well, today I texted him and said, I'm really scared. Can you call me as soon as possible? And in the past, I wouldn't have said, can you call me? Because I would have felt like, well, he's out of town. He's busy. He's got other things. I don't want to pull his focus from what he's doing. And in his mind, he's like, if I don't call him, then he thinks, oh, she doesn't care. She's not thinking about me. So this time I'm realizing he actually needs me to call him or to connect with him to make him feel safe. Hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I needed that. I didn't know he needed that. And you also told him you were scared. And I told him I was scared. And I and he's like, scared of what? And I'm like, scared of losing you, scared that I'm not going to be able to show you that I love you enough during the separation and that the same thing will happen as last time. Because that's what happened last time. You misinterpreted what he wanted from you in the mm-hmm. summer. Mm-hmm. And then he felt abandoned by you. Mm-hmm. And he went and found somebody else to, to help him feel connected. Better. Yeah. And you gave him lots and lots and lots of space. Which he didn't, didn't want. want. I, I thought I was loving him and giving him the space, and it was the opposite of what he needed. And so this is kind of, this is interesting, and in like the way people need to be loved and love language, and um, and really, him and I are very similar. We both need a lot of words and affection and a lot of connection in order to feel safe. And I thought it was just about me needing that. And so I'm tr- trying to be very proactive this trip in reaching out to him and sharing with him how I feel about him. And I can see this part of me that's like, like, like dancing on stage, like, I love you, I love you, like out of a little bit of fear that that's going to happen again. And I have to stop that because that will perpetuate. That's like Mm. sending this energy forward of creating that or manifesting that for myself. So this is all very fresh because it's just what's happening today. Today. (laughs) Yeah. And so even when I said I'm scared and da-da-da, his texts back were were not the nicest texts back because he was then having his own experience around it. So I stopped the texting and I'm like, you need to call me even if it's for a five-minute call. We get on the phone, everything's fine again. I mean, we got to talk face-to-face and work it out, which is another thing of, like, texting sucks. It's so (laughs) hard. And it's really hard when you both speak two different languages, too, because the the words get jumbled a bit and and the intentions get jumbled. But it's like, get on the phone and talk it out. Because for us, just seeing each other on FaceTime, hearing the inflections in the voice – Getting to really look at each other and settle each other down was really important today because we had both gotten scared. Yeah. And it was really great that you – so again, it's like you get present, you follow your intuition. I've been texting him. That doesn't seem like that's working. Let me do something else. Like this is so important to me. And so, you know, it's – you're unattached to the outcome, but strangely enough, you're more committed than you've ever been. Yes. So the commitment – I'm noticing is to yourself and to him this time, not just to him. Like you were overcommitted to him and undercommitted to yourself so that you couldn't tell the truth. You couldn't, you were hiding because you were committed to the outcome of being with him versus committed to the moment and expressing as much love and caring. And you just said it. I'm committed this time to expressing as much love as I can. Because I know that's part of my journey too. It's like, 
I'm not necessarily the mo- the most flowery, nurturing, loving, floating fairy. <laughs> I mean, like you have this with me all the time. You're like, I get what you're trying to say in your text, but could you like, you know, soften the the <laughs> languaging? And you know, it's something I don't. I didn't necessarily know about myself. And it's taken several people reflecting that back to me. So I am committed to getting past the betrayal because that's, I mean, even in these conversations I'm having with Tim today, it's the betrayal still lingering in the background. And are you talking about that with him? Yes. And we are also committing to that happened. And we can go over it over and over and over, which is then just keeps it lingering. Or we can start trying to connect on the joy and on the stuff we want to create and the fun we want to have. Because that was also a defining moment, too. I kept spinning the old story. And at a certain point, he's like, I get it. We've rehashed it a thousand times. When are we going to get to the fun? Like, when can we start the honeymoon period? And it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, I could, I could sit in this betrayal cycle for the rest of my life, making punishing him, making him pay for, it, making him yeah, continue to suck. say he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry, he's sorry. It's like he's already done all of that. So at what point am I going to let him off the hook and let us both step into our life together and our love together? You know that just reminded me of Krista. So last week, what were we talking about? Was letting go? No, two weeks ago, we were talking about letting go, which was the beginning of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And when last is, week, last week we talked about. How what happens when letting you let go, go sucks. how scary it is when you let go. <laughs> and so what I'm hearing is that same conversation is that what you have to do is you have to let go of your punishment. You have to let go of your story that he's going to do it again. You you really take – you're going to take a chance here. You're going to step out on a limb. It could go either way, honestly. But when you're on your own team like you are now, when you're really fully inhabited in yourself, you have your intuition on, you're present, you're available, and you're sharing what's true for you, you're going to keep sharing what's true for you in a moment forever, Mm -hmm. and you're going to stop perpetuating this story. So you might take it into a Byron Katie thing where you're like, okay, what's true here? What's not? What's true? Yeah. You know, work through your mental process, work through your mindsets. Wonder if it's related to any other relationship you've ever had. Maybe you need to do some work there. Mm-hmm. This is like the spiritual process that we talk to you all about over and over is working your process is about reclaiming your power, getting you back into your heart, stepping into the feeling of loving and stop telling a victim story. Right. And so you can be free in your free will to live your fabulous life. And this is Krista's choice. This choice she's making is definitely on an edge. Oh you're my God. taking someone who has said, I'm willing to betray you. And you're saying, okay, you've gone through something. I see you're different. I'm willing to try this again. And I know that this is a chance I'm willing to take. And it's a powerful choice because you're making a choice for loving. And you're going to love yourself first, though. For sure. That way, there's a level of protection with your intuition and with your connection to yourself that's going to keep this field safe for you. Even if you get it hurt again, it won't be like it was. Even if he makes a choice, you're so surprised. Like, really? Maybe his consciousness slips backwards. Who knows what could possibly happen? Maybe yours goes in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Because I have to say, there's this part of me that, okay, he cheated on me. Right. So got some payback. He's, he's got that out of the way. Like, well, it's more like, um, not payback, but it was like, shoo, he did it first. So if you, so if you slip, it's not, 
you're not such a bad person. Yeah, something like that. But get know. out of jail free. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both even at this point. Yeah, so, which of is course, the playing of course. field's even, and like we're moving forward. But with that all said, I there is a level of I'm scared. Like scared, not of, I'm not scared of the old behaviors coming back. That's not where the fear is. The fear is in like, how big can this love be? How mm. big can I allow it to be? And what does that look like? Because That's I, interesting. I, what I'm, that concept I was talking about earlier, the more you love someone, the, the bigger the stakes are, the scarier it is to really open for me, open my heart in that big way because it's more to lose in a way. Well, I hear you. And, you know, I'm glad that you're connected to more than just one person in this process. Like you're connected to yourself, you're connected mm -hmm. to spirit, and you're working your process. So, you know, you could be hurt again and it's not the same thing. You're not going to be blindsided if no. something happens. No. And we're going to hold out for this being a manifestation of healing. For both of you, you've healed, he's healed, and now these two beings that really have this deep love for each other are actually free to love each other. This is, I just want to say this out loud, it's really important, Krista, this is a huge choice and it's a brave choice. And your self-honoring choice, because this is a man that you love, mm -hmm. and none of these choices are in any way a victim choice. No. They're all coming from your knowledge that people can heal, that forgiveness is a real thing. That honestly, what he gave you as a gift from this experience is maybe even more valuable than needing some forgiveness conversation, mm -hmm. although you did need to let him know that you were angry and he did need to say, make okay, amends. I yeah. hear you and make amends. And you've gotten so much out of this in terms of your own growing. If this man goes away with his beautiful eyes, mm -hmm. there's more of you that's available to love from this point forward. Yeah. This reminds me of that Rumi quote. Can I say it? Please. So it's not mm, – let me see if I can get it. Ours is to – ours is not to seek for love, but to seek and find within us all the barriers to love. So seek and find the barriers to love within mm -hmm. us. So what we're claiming in that poetry, which is a Rumi, is that the barriers to love are actually inside Krista mm -hmm. or inside me or inside each of us. Because if I love him too much, then I can get too hurt. Right. That was my barrier. That was your I'm barrier. I'm going to save a little bit of my love. I'm not going to call him when he needed me to call him. I'm not going to tell him how much I love him all the time because that'll make me look too vulnerable and make me look like I love him more than he loves me. Those are my barriers. I withhold a little bit just to keep myself safe. But what that does is makes him feel unsafe. And it creates a result you were trying to avoid. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to go find someone who's going to love me. Yeah. So, and the, the But the full circle moment that we were talking about, the concept that we were talking about, that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast is, you know, how do you know when a relationship is mm. done? And not that I have that answer, but I'm getting closer to it in that every time I said I was done with him, there were... were you know, the first time I was like, oh, I'm done. There was so much anger and hatred. And then I go back and then there's mm. kind of this resolve, but like pissed offness and just deep, deep pain and suffering and hurt. And then I go back again and then I let go again. And I'm like, okay, that didn't work. But I still would have these blips in my mind of like hurt come up or anger come up. Yeah. And what I'm learning at this point is that 
as long as I'm having those unloving feelings of some sort, the relationship is not complete. That doesn't mean I have to go back and get back in relationship with that person, but it means that I still need to continue the healing work until I can literally look at that person and love them as if they were God or Jesus as if children. They were as, God. If, just, as if. As just if. Just like as they if are. they're not. Right. <laughs> exactly. But if I can't fully look at them and appreciate them from that lens, I'm still not healed. Our tether is still tying us together and wrapping us up. Yeah. So I can look back now and say that on that podcast where I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm completely done. I still had a lot of hurt inside of me. And that's why he was able to come back and access me again, because I still had a whole bunch of learning. Healing. Yeah, I remember Ron from the University of Santa Monica saying, well, the, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. It's, mm. it's that you no longer have any energy at all connected. So if he came back, you'd just be like, yeah, no, like yeah. Not, not anything against you, but there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'm going to be like a quote-o-matic right now because I've got another one, which is, which is really one of my favorites because I think it really speaks to what you're saying right now, which is when it is done, there is peace. When it is not done, there is not peace. So that's it's what you amazing. were just saying. Mm-hmm. So when it is not done, there's still something in the field. And I have relationships in my life where there's still not doneness, and it's very hard to live with them. I'm not proud of that. I'm not also in charge of making everything right. be done when I'm ready. When I'm ready. <laughs> it goes so. back to that levels of peace too, right? Because sometimes we think we're healed because we're not like raging at 100%. We're only raging at 30%. We're like, okay, I'm good enough. And it's like, no, it's actually the last 30%, the last 5% where it gets, where the really big juicy healing happens. Yeah, quite possibly the most tender spot won't get revealed until it's the really all end. the way down. Mm-hmm. And so what is true, then what we say about this in, in our framework is that we have to find our peace no matter what the reality is. Right. So whether someone has felt peaceful with us, whether someone's rejecting us in their life, whether someone's carried a story about us for 25 years, whether, whatever, the bottom line is, can you feel peace? Can you bring the peace to yourself knowing that you've done everything you can at this point to heal and be peaceful? And then let it go and let what is, is. If the other person still has something, then you let that go too. And you let them have their experience and the dignity of their process. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, Krista, great job again. Thank you. It's really fun being on this journey (laughs) with you. I never know where it's going to be when I text her, how have you been? How was your Christmas? Life is funny and it changes very quickly. And especially I think when when we do the spiritual work, life and boulders get thrown out of the backpack really quickly. And so, again, it makes life sometimes appear chaotic. And that was part of the shame over the last month. It's like, people are going to think I'm crazy if I go back to him. And I had to like be like, so fucking what? So they think I'm crazy. And they get to witness. They get to – all of you out there, whether you agree with my decisions or not or think I'm crazy or not, like you get to hear – the process of healing and what it looks like to go through all of these stages of relationship and whether your relationship is experiencing betrayal or whatever the issue is in the relationship, you these same tools apply no matter what the problem is. Same tools apply. Yeah. And I think the, the step that we didn't say right here, and I just want to reference it really quickly, is when Krista said she had to let go of the shame 
of like people, what the people thought about her is what happens in that step is that you forgive yourself for the judgments you're carrying so that you're free to explore whatever is next instead of hiding behind shame or judgment or something that you're holding that's keeping you from experiencing your full loving. So our challenge today for you is where are you hiding behind something, even if it's a really well-justified story, even Mm -hmm. if it's something that happened to you when you were young, where can you make an inroad into it to open up your life so that you can be free to love more deeply? Spiritual practice is about letting go and opening up, not adding things on or becoming burdened by an experience of the eternal God, life, love, whatever you call it. We love you guys. You know we're going to tell you. (laughs) Spread Spread the the love. love. See you later. Bye. Bye. Do you want the opportunity to see the gals of Holy Fuck in person? If so, go to holyfuckpodcast.com and join our mailing list so you can find out when and where these goddesses will be transforming lives next. And yes, I know, I'm talking about myself in third person. Open your browser, type in holyfuckpodcast.com, click on mailing list, and give us your most trusty email, not that bogus one you give to Walmart. So sign up now. Not tomorrow. Now. Now, now, now. Thank you.